Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Okay, so it is great to be back. It feels like I took a bit of a hiatus over the last few weeks with Christmas and New Year, but we're starting off the year um, definitely with a nice um, full heavy cup of female empowerment. Um, yeah, ready to go with our fabulous speaker today. Um, someone who I've got to know quite well through EO Atlanta. I've spent time traveling with this amazing woman and I'm really, really excited for her to share her very unique story. So this, this, our guest, this person, this amazing woman is someone who has over 18 years of experience in real estate. She has a love for real estate, uh, and it began as a child when her mom drove through fancy neighborhoods. And actually, I've heard her tell me the story, and I love it. Um, and they drive through fancy neighborhoods on the water, and they dreamt about the homes that they saw. So what does she do? What does any good entrepreneur go and do? They go and make it happen for themselves. So she has done exactly that. Um, and also, she has a passion for others, creating wealth in real estate. So again, building on that passion of of beautiful homes and making it possible for other people. And so she has a whole portfolio uh, of real estate that people can retire on. In her free time, she likes to read nonfiction. And also, she, I know this as well, she rescues animals with her family. I wonder how she's going to tell us today how many of those animals she has in her house today. <laughs> she is the CEO of Atlas Real Estate, which is a real estate brokerage selling real estate, investment wealth portfolio, and insurance. And this amazing statistic, top 5% of realtors in the world. And she currently has 54 doors in Atlanta. I told you this is going to be a full glass of female empowerment. So welcome, welcome today to Samantha Hayes. Hey, hey Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Oh my gosh. It's like, I'm excited to have you on the show as well. <laughs> Um, and I do think you've got a very special story and it's a very heartfelt story as well. And you've really turned something incredible into um, many businesses for yourself. So let's, let's get right into it. Yeah. Um, I'm really, you know, we always want to understand what did someone get right to allow us to see maybe an approach that we can take in business. And so maybe you can share with us when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey, uh, what did you get right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the way that I kind of approach life just personally and professionally is I'm always extremely on purpose and I call it life by design. So, you know, I, I basically eliminate or delegate anything I don't like to do or anything I suck at and, um, anything, and that makes time for the things I love to do. Right. So um, like an example of that is about 10 years ago, I, I just hate email. I just think it's such a waste of time and my email inbox is like a black hole. So um, I created this batching system where my assistant at the time and my operations manager still does this. They batch me throughout the day, the important things. And then I just respond to that one message and then I don't ever have to go into email. So um, yeah, so I just kind of have designed my life kind of um, how I want it. And I, and I kind of break rules. Like I, I just started reworking out again, thank goodness. And, um, instead of just doing like cardio, which I find super boring, I love dancing. So on my calendar, instead of workouts is dance party. And so when I wake up in the morning, I got my weights, I do my weights and I do my dance party and it doesn't feel like working out. So I just kind of design it how I want it. Okay. Life by design. Is that what you said it was called? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, and I, um, and I do know that about you. I remember when I first, um, when we first joined an EO forum together, um, you were like, um, someone mentioned email. Yeah. And you were like, 
Um, and I'm someone who, I mean, obviously I've got better. I'm now using Slack and I'm a bit more trendy. I've got WhatsApp, et cetera. But uh, so I get it. And it, um, I get the, you know, the fact that we feel maybe it's a burden on us. But how do you, so when you say you design it the way you want it, I suppose, it, like you said, it's about having good people around you and letting them know what works for you and what doesn't. Is it as simple as that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, a lot of it is scalability, right? And so I'm always thinking about, okay, when this is 10 times bigger, how is this going to be? So I try to design it in the beginning, how it's going to be in the end. Right. So like with my batching, you know, um, Robin, my amazing operations manager, goes through my email and she kind of, we've, we've been working together seven years now, but obviously that wasn't always the case. And, you know, I just said, these are important, these are not. And she would go through it. I'd give her some feedback. And then every time she got better and better and better. And now it's like, we don't even have to speak. Like we like read each other's minds. Right. Um, and, and it's just giving that feedback and the adaption and, um, and then, and, and being consistent with it. I mean, this is seven years that we've done this batching. We do it every day, uh, of, of the work days. And, uh, and now it's just like super easy and she knows what's important, what's not. And, uh, and it, it takes a lot off my plate so that I'm able to do my highest and best use, you know, doing other things in the business. So does she then, when she's told you what the, the key items are in your email inbox, does she respond on your behalf when she's managing that for you when you're, when you're out and about and knocking on all those doors and selling more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically she sends me a text message and it'll be numbered and like, okay, um, this person wrote you, this person wants to set up a launch, blah, blah, blah. And so sometimes I just say, hey, can you send it up for blah, 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 put it on my calendar. Or sometimes if I, like, we just have like little shorthand. So if I want her to write the email for me, I put in little quotes and I said, I would say like, hey, Sarah, yeah, I'm ready for lunch on blah, blah, blah. And then she just sends that email as me and it's exactly my words. And mm -hmm. that's just our little shorthand. And it's just, you know, a good communication between the two of us. Okay. So have you ever considered that an AI bot might kind of... <laughs> Life might do that job for you. AI yeah. is my nightmare. <laughs> I am super not embrace AI yet. Like I do love chat GPT, but I, I need more information on the whole AI thing. Um, but I just, I find if a really good person mm -hmm. is just, is so much better than technology. You know, uh, Robin and I have gotten so close and if I'm having a bad day. She knows it. You know, it's just like, she's, she's my yang to my yin. You know, yeah. I'm just so... And she's so detailed and she's a math girl, thank God for her. And it just kind of balances me out, you know, all my weaknesses she has and vice versa. So, Amazing. yeah. Okay. And how did you find her? Like, was it <laughs> a special way that we can go find this incredible? So, this is hilarious. So, um, I was at a, a barbecue at a pool and, um, I actually, well, this is super long story, so I'll, I'll make it short, but, um, I met her. The year I graduated from college, one of my college buddies um, had invited her to a wedding. They knew each other from Miami. But then I ran into her again at um, a pool barbecue. And um, my uh, assistant at the time was going on her honeymoon. And um, so I said, you know, hey, Robin, do you want to come on for two weeks while she's on, on honeymoon? And she did. And she was fantastic. And I didn't really have a position for her. But I, I always do this with talent. When I find them, even if I don't have a position, I put them in. And I yeah. said, would you like to come work for me? And so she did. And then sure enough, um, my, my assistant at the time got another job at Sotheby's. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Robin came full time and she's been with me seven years now. So it just was kind of meant to be. Okay. Sounds like, yeah, it's a very great match. And, um, but I, I, know, I love the designing your life intentionally. So that's some great advice there. So um, I would love to know, like, so obviously Robin's been a great co-pilot for you, but are there any specific people that, you know, not just obviously who they are, but what they've done to really kind of help be a great co-pilot for you as you've navigated your journey? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I kind of flew solo for, for quite a while. I mean, I was an only child. Then I left home at 17, went to college, graduated at 21 moved to Atlanta, like did not know a single soul and uh, just was doing my, my real estate thing and loved it and was traveling solo. I mean, going to Brazil and all this stuff. And I just was like loving life, right? Um, and then I had this, 
I kept thinking about retirement and I always wanted to retire on the beach. So in my like visions that I'm all having about my retirement, I'm sitting on the beach and I'm like, all right, I need to focus on who's going to be sitting with me, you know, on this beach because I'm not going to, you know, be sipping the Mai Tais solo, right? Like I've got to have a, a partner. So um, I started being intentional about that and going on a lot of first dates <laughs> it, just because I'm picky you know, I didn't get to the second very often. <laughs> Um, and then I, I met Sam actually randomly at a restaurant and my husband and very quickly we, we knew he was the one, I mean, I didn't meet him until I was 37. So yeah. I, I had quite a while to build my business and kind of know who I was, which is really kind of special. Yeah. And then shortly after I met my three kids who, you know, I, I love to death and they are all my co-pilots. I mean, this weekend we had to show some properties, some of our rental property we put everybody in the car and we just go together and it's just a family thing. And then afterwards we go to a main event and do some video games and, and, and play some games and stuff. And it's just, they're my best friends. And I, I just spend every second with them. They're awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds incredible. I mean, again, the foresight that you have, I don't know if I ever sat back and thought, who am I going to be doing this with? And 15, 20 years time. Where do you think that comes from? The fact that you you think so far ahead because I think that's pretty unusual you know I just um I'm just so intentional right so like if I do something I want I you know my dad taught me chess when I was early maybe it's that like thinking right. ahead but it's like if I'm going to do something I want it to have impact you know and matter and so I just think about okay if I do x y is going to happen and then z is going to happen you know and and I just kind of think about what I want it to be, you know, because there's a lot of uncontrollable things that happen in life. And so the things that I can control, I control, mm -hmm. you know, and I try to map map the way that I want it to go. Yeah. No, yeah. it's really definitely good life lessons there. And I've never played chess. And maybe that's, maybe I need to start thinking about I'll that. I'll teach yeah. you. It'll be fun. <laughs> I love chess. Now I even had to play that game. So, um... Uh, so what is a challenge, uh, Samantha, that you and your team had to solve recently? Something you can really dig into for us yeah. so that we can see how you did it. Yeah. Well, we got extremely blessed with COVID because um, we were essential workers. And so we worked all through COVID. So 2020 and 2021 were really good years for us, like luckily. Um, but this past year, in, so in 2022, when the rates went sky high, real estate screeched to to a halt. I call it the um the COVID hangover. Like it just was like our aftermath of that. Yes. Um and so for the last year it was very difficult. Um, my agents had a really hard time. Um because who wants to move from a house where they have three percent interest rate and move into a house that's eight percent, right? So we took a pause and we mm -hmm. thought, okay, who is going to buy a home or sell a home in this market? And we just thought really strategically and we thought, okay, people with life events, right? If someone has a baby or if someone's getting married or unfortunately, if someone has a divorce or a death, they're going to need to move and we can help them. And then, of course, loving real estate investment, I thought, okay, investors, this is a phenomenal time for them. Not only buy and hold investors like me, but flip investors as well, because they can buy it cheap. And then they sell it and that creates inventory for the market. So it's actually doing really good for the market. Right. So we, we've focused on that um, until kind of the end of last year where interest rates have lowered a bit. Again, um, the inventory is starting to go up. So we're, be, we're getting a bit of an even market between buyers and sellers, which is really good. Um, and so our, our agents are starting to do more and they're getting unstuck from the mud that they've been in for, for the last year. Um, so, and then this year is, is starting off really, really strong. So, um, we just kind of had to pivot a little bit, um, and kind of look on the horizon and see, see what we could change. Okay. So, so what do you think? I mean, obviously none of us, um, live or work in a predictable environment and weird to say, obviously is very, very aligned to the economy. Um, but what, what do you think the lesson is there for other people who, you know, um, are living with some kind of um, vulnerabilities to what might happen even later this year. Obviously, we got the 2024 election. And like, is, is there something that, I mean, beyond just being agile, but like, is there something else which you think is 
something really a secret kind of um, weapon that people should entrepreneurs need to use to navigate these difficult territories. Yeah. Well, I think we have a natural tendency to when the going gets tough to work harder, right? We're like harder, longer hours, that's hustle, right? And I think sometimes you got to do what's counterintuitive and that's stop. Stop for a second, be strategic yeah. and not stick our head in the sand and think, okay, I'm going to just do the same thing I've always been doing, but more of it, right? Sometimes it's adapt. I mean, you think about like Blockbuster, right? And they're like VHSs. They're awesome. They're just going to be great for the end of time, right? And then Netflix comes along and wipes them out. So I I think it's that, right? And even though, you know, we love standard real estate and selling homes to buyers and sellers, the, the investment piece just fell into our lap. And it was something I was already doing. So I just trained all my agents on it. And some of them were like, I don't know that I'm into real estate investing. I'm like, just do this for a little bit, right? Like roll up your sleeves, do something a little different, even if you don't love it for a minute. And then when the market comes back, do whatever you want at that point, you know? So I think it's, I think it's adapting. I think it's being strategic. And then I think it's also like rolling up your sleeves when the going gets tough and doing something that maybe you don't want to do, but is, is the right thing for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, you touched on so many sub elements there, which I love, which I, I'm not good at, which is that you're right though. Take a pause, think about it. And that doesn't mean just go have a coffee and come back. That might mean <laughs> right. That might mean that might mean a couple of weeks, might mean a few days. It might mean going to do something just to kind of change your perspective. Um you're right. writing a book, you know, stopping, taking a day off. And I think yeah. it's hard for us to stop and go to uh learning event or stop and, you know, take a day to read a book because we feel guilty and we should be going forward, but it is going forward. And it is even rest. I've really worked on that lately too. Rest and rejuvenation can really go a long way because it helps your brain rest and then come back. And then you have little nuggets that you you didn't think of before. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. Um, Great advice, especially for the American culture. (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, I really mean that though. It's, it's definitely, uh, at a faster pace than I've ever experienced and takes getting used to. And so uh, for people who don't know any different, just know that this is a very fast paced environment. And so you're right, we've got to take care of ourselves to be creative, to be strategic, to keep growing further. So I really, really like what you just said then. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, go to an event, read a book. Like, is there is there a book? I know you're an avid reader. Think you can have any books on the go at the one time, which I can't understand. Again, like I, I struggle with. I've got too many podcasts on the go right now, which I'm a bit like, oh gosh, I got to just kind of complete the podcast. But you're a bit like that with books. So tell me, like, <laughs> is there anything like really sticking out to you right now? Yeah, and, yes. uh, yeah. And so I, I try to read at least a book a week. Sometimes end up getting two. Um, my, I'm going to give you my three. So I have to. It's like picking my favorite kid, right? Like picking my favorite books is really hard because I just, I love books so much. So I'm going to give you um, three. So my three like all-time favorites are um, Principles by Ray Dalio. Okay. Phenomenal book. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. That is just the basis of passive income. And that's how I bought my first house um, 10 years ago and just really got into that. Um, and then four hour work week that it's by Tim Ferriss. Um, it's a classic and it's just so good. You know, it's just being really productive, really focused and just kind of focusing on your 20%, um, you know, and, and kind of going deep there. You mentioned the principles. Is that what it was called? The first Mm -hmm. book? What is it about that book that. What what kind of prince? I haven't read it, as you can tell. Oh, it's so good. So um, years ago, I was really um, blessed to meet Tom Bilyeu, who um, started Quest um, Nutrition Bars at, at an event I was at. And this is his favorite book. And I had never read it. And I read it. He actually had a whole list of books that I read that are phenomenal. Um, if you check out his website, he's got his books there, too. Um, but so principal, basically, Ray Dalio is um, the, the owner of Blackwater, you know, the financial institution. You know, yeah. These are basically his work and life principles. And it's so cool because he basically, he's so systematic that everything he does, he puts in a bucket like, oh, that's another one of those. And so if you treat your life principled and like, okay, if X happens, I'm going to do Y. Yeah. Then 
it's just not only do you have to spend less time making decisions because you have the principles guiding you, but also you just feel principled, right? You feel like, okay, I, I know I know who I am. I know what I'm going to do when X, Y, and Z happen. It's, it's okay. a fantastic, I mean, it, it's a thick book um, and it takes, it's, it's, it's very um, deep, right? So you read a page and you're like, wow, boom, like, and then you got to wait like a week and read another one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that book done in a week then. Because you week. have to like process it, you know, yeah. but I'm still like rereading parts of it because um, it's just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really um I mean, anyway, to help make decisions and yeah, know how to handle a situation because as an entrepreneur, you're dealing with many decision-making um, situations all the time. So um, that does sound particularly good. What are, I'm just uninterested, like which dad pulled out. I've heard that mentioned. I've, I've, I've been meaning to read that. But can you just like, what is the principle behind that, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, super short synopsis. So... Um, this kid's growing up and he has a poor dad who works his butt off, you know, a nine to five uh, or, or longer than that, you know, and then there's like a neighboring dad that's like a rich dad and he buys properties and he buys things that make money and make passive income. Right. And so the concept behind it is just, you know, have your money work for you instead of you yeah. working for your money. Right. In, in fact, there's a board game called Cashflow 101 that yeah. Robert Kiyosaki made that me and my family play. And it's so fun. You guys have to come over and play it sometime. It's okay. so fun. Like you have to get yourself out of the rat race and then go the next level is like where you can make money off your investments and right. you just make money passively. Okay. So, um, but that that's the idea behind it. And of course he's come out with like, seven or eight books since then of the cash flow quadrant and all the other iterations of it. But that's really the fundamental mindset thinking of, um, you know, having your money. Yeah. Buy. So here, here's the con a really interesting concept in the book. So the guy wants to buy a, a, a nice car and he's like, well, I could either buy this nice car or I could buy a house, a rental property that makes the money that pays for the car. And so now you have a, an asset that's creating the money to make the money for the car. And then once the car's yeah. paid off, then you the next thing. So it's right. just kind of a, a completely different way of buying things than just um, buying them. Right. And that's what you're doing, isn't it, for your clients? You're yeah. helping them make passive income. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, so I, I say, and, and I do it for myself too. We have portfolios and we do it for, for our clients. We create money trees. Like, yeah. Like we create the tree where the money grows. And as long as you don't sell it, it'll keep producing fruit, you know, and yeah. keep, keep giving you that money. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So again, you, yeah, you, you've, um, and it can't, again, I'm just, it's boiling all around the way that you are thinking, thinking forward and thinking about the future and being very strategic about the work you do day to day um samantha and um it, it's impressive um and these books definitely align align they seem to align or oh, you've learned a lot from them it's like probably, i've probably got it from them yeah <laughs> you're executing yeah. you're doing it yeah those 54 doors are there they're they're real doors so um it's really good okay so i know you just did something quite exciting recently which was added another business to your portfolio of businesses but what else is exciting about the future. I mean, can you yeah. just shed a little bit of light? Yeah. Or find it about? It's going to be a big year. So I'm really, I'm really excited about it. So yeah, we, we are um, launching our insurance company and that's all insurance and uh, business, commercial, uh, home. It just, it goes along with home insurance, right? I mean, I have 54 doors and I have to insure all those doors. Yeah. And my clients need insurance, you know, so just, just a lot. But, um, yeah, so this year, so we have 54 doors. Our goal for this year is to add 48 doors. Okay. So to double our inventory of doors, it's going to be four. Um, and when we say doors, it's a unit, right? So like a 10-unit apartment complex, that's 10 doors. And so okay. that's just kind of our terminology. Um, so we're going to add 48 more doors. So that mm -hmm. means 48 more units, 48 more renters. Um, and then, so in the next three years is really our big plan. So that's the first step. Um, creating all the uh, SOPs, the systems around that so that we can automate these and try to make it as like, these are our scripts for that. These are our scripts for this. And then after that, we're going to try to pause a little bit on our acquisitions and start paying them off. 
Right. And the goal in three years is to have a million dollars passive income profit coming in right. from those properties. Right, right. Wow. So, so it's a double expansion a year. This is <laughs> always, right? More yeah. Sarah. So, <laughs> always. Okay. So it's 48, I think you said 48 more this year. Does that, you have to do the same next? next year and the year after or that more or once more? we have a hundred then the key is to to try to make it passive right is one and then to two to pay them off and so we'll yeah. use the um the profit on those to pay them off to pay down the mortgages yeah. and then of course as you pay down the mortgages you're increasing your cash flow yeah. so it's really just like a one-win plus you know obviously you get the tax depreciation on it which is magical yeah for, for us entrepreneurs so yeah. Okay, some big feisty goals, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. and I think less from you. So, um, so I'd love to learn a little bit. Um, I'd love to. I, I think I know a few things, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners and our viewers a little bit more about you, Samantha. Like pre-flight. Um, I mean, I know you're a Gator, so we have you know, <laughs> pretty popular in my house. Um, but tell me a little bit about your childhood and what what you think kind of led you to become an entrepreneur obviously you mentioned um used to drive around looking at houses with your mother and obviously you kind of got it yeah you know, it gave me hope and inspiration as to what you wanted to create for yourself the the life that you wanted to live but you want to shed some more light for us yeah for sure so um you know I grew up with my mom and uh I, I did see my dad now and then but pretty much raised by my mom and um you know, we didn't have a lot of money and we used to do stuff like that for entertainment. You know, we would, um, I grew up in St. Pete, so we would drive around the gorgeous houses in Terra Verde and just, you know, we'd pick our house, like that one's mine, you know, and, and she would pick one. And in this weird world, we were living in different houses, I guess. But <laughs> so we would pick these houses and, um, and I just always loved that. And, and even though I graduated with a PR degree, like it, real estate didn't even really hit me till, till later. Um, but I was always like a feisty kid, right? Like rebellious, you know, somebody would tell me something and I would always just question, is that right? Is that true? Like, and I always kind of stuck up for the underdogs for some reason. Right. You know, I just, if, if someone was being bullied or picked on, like, I, I felt like I had to protect them. So, you know, fast forward, I get to college. I, I did a, a PR degree. Um, and then I, I was doing public relations at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, which is a great company. Um, but unfortunately, it's a not-for-profit. You don't make much money there. And uh, so I started doing real estate part-time. Um, and then I just loved it. I loved yeah. it so much. Um, and, and I've done it 18 years, which is so long, you know, yeah. um, when you think about it. But, um, you know, it's funny because as a, as a woman business owner, I think it's a, a little bit different for us. And there's a lot of similarities between us and male business owners, but there's one kind of weird thing is that like, if we want to be tough, then we're the B word, right? And it, and it's, and it's hard. And so, and if you're too soft, people run all over you, right? Yeah. So I, I, I jokingly say I'm like an Eminem. Like I, I have my tough outside, but inside yeah. I'm very like warm and gooey. Like yeah. I'm just like a softy, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's a different challenge for, for women and, and it has been confusing for me as I've built this business. And, um, you know, I just finally decided I, my, my phrase that I keep coming back to is unapologetically myself. Yeah. And I just want to, and, and I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I've been trying to like do what everybody else wanted for a really long time. And then I just, the last few years, I've had this awareness of like, I just really want to be me. Like, I yeah. don't want to be anything else. Yeah. So genuine, authentic, vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, if, if that makes someone else uncomfortable, that's okay. Like, yeah. I just have really decided I'm not going to dim my light for other people. And so that's just kind of where, where I've gotten to, through all the iterations and all the lessons and failures and all this stuff. Um, you know, and now I've got my my dream house. You know, it's it's on the river, on the water. And and it's funny, my mom hasn't seen it yet, but I, I'm just excited for her to see it, to see like, here's the full circle of yeah. like the little girl that was looking at the houses and here's my, here's yeah. my house with my pool, yeah. you know, that I worked really yeah. hard for. Yeah, so, she did. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. And um, 
And, and I'm, yeah, I would imagine in the industry you're in, in real estate and, you know, the, your, your people are renting from you. I mean, are you the woman, just so I'm are you the woman that shows up when they, I mean, I'm sure you're not, maybe you have tea, but when do you get to meet the client? I'm just trying to figure out when does that maybe that awkwardness happen where you have to kind of, um, you know, show some authority sometimes and you can be perceived as that, the B word. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, because I've designed my life, I really have taken out most of my situations where I have to do that. Um, I'm, I'm super thankful for my husband. He, did, he works with most of our tenants because he, I mean, he's Canadian, you know, he's like the nicest yeah. human being. Um, and he is working on being firm, but fair. That's his thing for the year. <laughs> he wants working on something. I love that. Fair, but fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he gets to deal with the tenants and, um, I work a lot with our agents. So, you know, on the real estate brokerage side, you know, I'm coaching them and things like that. And, um, you know, I used to think I had to be like tough, tough on them, but then I realized you can be tough on your principles and, um, you know, what they need to do and accountability, but not tough on people. And so that's kind of something I've learned as a leader. Um, so I really try not to, especially my coach, um, we were talking about like things you like to do, what you're good at. And he's like, you really suck at managing people. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks so much for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like worry about what they think. And I kind of, oh, really yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. And so, so now I'm like thankful to say like I manage the properties. Like I, I look at the numbers and the spreadsheets and, yeah. you know, I have my relationships with Sam and, and certain people, my agents and, and Robin, but I don't, I don't deal with the tenants very yeah. much. You know, yeah. you have to be really tough. People tell you these sad stories and I'm very yeah. empathetic and you have to be like, no, pay your rent, you know, and I yeah, you suck at that. So, no, yeah, you're right. And if you have too much, yeah, you can get caught up in other people's headaches. And, um, yeah, but I can imagine, I mean, I think I have that same issue where caring too much is not always a good thing, um, especially in business. Yeah. Like that fine line that, um, you know, yeah. And it's interesting. I've seen it since uh, having a new business partner. He's a guy, he's a great guy, Dave McMullen. Many of you know him, but watching him like navigate meetings as a guy and then me and what I've seen and how he communicates and how I do, it's just, um, it's just a, yeah, it's just a very different style and the different reactions people get. And, um, there's just a lot of work. I mean, I, I don't want to be that person which bleats on about the issue, but a lot. We've got such a long way to go still before it really does feel fair. Um, and that's nothing meant to be um, unfair to the the male population. It's just, yeah, women. And different you know, issues and pressures that yeah, we yeah. have to deal with. This is just a, a yeah. one that we that we deal with, you know, and I think us being different is fine, right? It's yeah. fine. We're different and we do things different because that's what makes us better like not not better that sounded bad that not not better but you know also makes us good right like we have we're empathetic and we're caring and loving and um there's a book called um like the love of business and it's about oh heart of business is what it's called it's about half leading with your heart and i think a lot of us do that you know yeah. and so it's it's we can learn from them oh i agree definitely how they run and they can learn yeah. that vulnerability yeah. piece which is and empathy piece yeah no I, there was so much learning i love it actually so um you raised some really good points so so present day i mean what let you know i want to understand what what impact i mean do you think i know you talk about passive income which i think is a really interesting topic um is is that the main like impact that you think you make is there and that's and that's good that's that's big i'm, I'm not trying to trivialize yeah. that but i'm just trying to understand like what what do you think is the impact you make with your clients yeah so it's twofold right so so one thing that sam and i do so you know we're, we're taking these homes they call them blighted homes and um they're ugly right like they're they're the house in this on the street that you don't want to look at that the neighbors hate right we go in there and we take it and we fix it up and we make it cute and we have someone move in and make it a right. home. And it's funny because I didn't, I didn't think much about that. And then I was like, gosh, we really do that. You know, we restore these homes and, and that's, that's really nice. You know, and these people have a nice place to, to live. It's got all the cute grays and whites and the, the nice flooring. And they feel like 
really proud of that. Um, so that's obviously one thing. And then, you know, with our portfolios, it's the cash flow, but it's also the legacy piece, right? So we try to give people freedom and a legacy with these portfolios. So basically what we do is with high net worth individuals, usually we someone with at least a million cash, we can do 500,000 cash depending upon the variables. Um, so an individual, um, you know, who has a family and then we kind of design it for what they're looking for. So if they're looking for cash flow, if they're looking for a legacy piece where they have children or they want to leave a business or something to not-for-profit or something like that, we build that and it's the equity there. And then um, also obviously the tax depreciation piece, which is huge. I mean, if you have enough properties, you don't have to pay tax. I mean, because right. you have negative depreciation. Um, so, it, so it's that, right? Because a lot of people do these 401ks and things like that. And I could go on and on about why. Yeah. I, I think real estate is better than stocks. But I mean, the, the biggest pieces are you can retire when you want. Like if we create a number and you're like, hey, I want to make 100000 a year from these investments, you know, at first, or I want to make 200000 we can design that. And then that's just income that's coming into you, you know, to, to, to your, um, you know, account, basically. Right. Um, or we can, um, if someone's like, you know, I don't want to make any money right now because I'm already making a lot of money. I want to tax shelter it and have an equity for later. We can do that as well. So I, I think it's just kind of cool to have another option. And eventually I want it to be kind of a disruptor where it's like, okay, you can put some in stocks, but really real estate. And, and it, I mean, 90% of millionaires make their money through real estate. Like we already all know that, right? So it's not like a new concept, but this idea of creating this portfolio, we even manage it for people. So it becomes passive if they want. Um, it's just kind of a cool, fun thing because I've always done it for myself. And figuring out how to do it for others who were, were interested in it was something I've been working on. And it's, right. been, it's been really cool. Yeah, very, very impressive. So so these are, like you say, high net worth individuals. Um, and um, But it's interesting, And but you're buying ugly, ugly homes. So they obviously these people have no intention of living in them. It's really, yeah. It's, so you're kind of serving both two extremely different sides of the market, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really feels good. I mean, it's that's. I mean, I love real estate. I'm obsessed with it, and it, and also like what we're doing. It feels like it's it's for the good. Like it, it's good for people who want to rent a nice home, and it's good for you know entrepreneurs like us. You know, people who sell a business and they've got five million, and they're like, "Well, what do I do now?" Right? Yeah. And you can invest in something that's essentially a money tree. I mean, here's your money tree. It's not you know, SpaceX stock or this or that, which, you know, obviously everybody diversifies, but it's a, it's a chunk where it has a lot of good benefits to yeah. it. Yeah. So just a question on that. How do you market yourself though? When you're talking to two very different in like individuals, are you marketing to the the high net worth individuals or are you, or, or are you marketing to both? Also to the people who are, you know, looking to rent a property? How do you handle that? It's so different, right? So renting a property, we just list it. And basically the property does the work. You know, it's cute. Right. I see the pictures. Okay. Um, for for our real estate business, it's it's word of mouth. I mean, like eight, seven percent of our business comes from referrals and repeat clients. Right. Um, and that's just doing good work. You know, I have right. really phenomenal agents that work with me. Um, and they just they're such great, kind, empathetic, good humans, you know, and that's that's really who we hire. And um, and the product just speaks for itself. You know, it's like once you see, oh, my gosh, I'm getting cash flow. You're like, yeah, I like this. It gets a little addicting. You're like, I want yeah. another tree. Yeah. So it's um, so that's that's what we've done so far. Like we're really not doing any big marketing or anything like that. Um, and people just come back and they tell their friends and, and stuff like that. OK, that's great. So um, this is my favorite question, and I think everyone probably knows this right now. So if you were going to do this all again, Samantha, would you do it over again? Yeah. So philo philosophically, um, I would do it exactly the same. Every single thing. Um, because I really feel like um, challenges are growth. And even though that's cheesy to say, like, I just, I 100% I love who I am where I am in life, the people I'm surrounded with, I just, I just wouldn't change it. Right. Now, if you said what lessons have I learned 
that I would like tell everybody to be careful of. Um, you know, I thought about this for a while and it, and it's funny because I really, I am, I am not a micromanager. I'm like the opposite. I just like to give people stuff and, and let them run with it. Like the more autonomous, the better. And when I first started my brokerage and my, my real estate team, that was, that was tough, right? Because I just trusted people and I was just like, oh, they won't, they won't hurt me. Right. And, you know, I'm sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So my, my lesson would be inspect what you expect. And as I had people steal a lot of money from me, I've had people do bad things, talk behind my back, create toxic culture, you know, all those things that you just think, oh, these are good people. They're not going to do that. Right. And I mean, gosh, this is like 15 years ago now, but, um, and you learn from it, but it, I realized I gave them a little too much rope and that you people, me and my kids talk about a trust rope. And so we say, um, you know, you start with a tiny, tiny little bit of rope. And as you, each time you do something good, you get more rope yeah. and eventually more and more rope. And if you mess up, you get a little less rope. Yeah. And, and that's what I do now with my employees and the people that work for me. It's like, we're starting out. You're awesome. And here's your rope. You know, you feel free to earn more. Um, and, and that works really well. So it just kind of adapting the just like, here's everything. Here's my passwords. Go yeah. get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, that didn't work so no. well. It was surprised to know, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so that, that's one of the biggest things I think I learned. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that you learn, isn't it? It's like, unless, unless you come, unless growing up has been very, very challenging and you kind of grow up creating like, you don't trust people for something that's happened to you. But other than that, you've had a fairly, I think a fairly generally good childhood. Yeah. You think everyone is in support of you on your side and then you <laughs> fortunately realize that is not the way the world is it might be with you know a large group of people you know but then there's yeah there's surprises along the way aren't there and yeah so, yeah and glad you um i'm glad you're teaching your children that too uh that that rope analogy is a great one for kids to kind of wrap their heads around as well so um okay i'm glad you would do it all again and i need to ask you that question again and like 10 years time i'm sure you're gonna keep saying yes <laughs> so you're gonna keep saying yes so what about outside of work? Like, what are you like doing? You've got to build on, you've got to tell the story about the number of animals <laughs> in your room. Like, oh, I experienced it. I witnessed it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I, when you go, I mean, I see your posts. Like, you're saving animals off the street. You bring them home. You try and get them better. You take them somewhere. I mean, come on. This yeah. is, I don't know how you have the time to do this, but you do it. Well, I just love animals. I mean, I, I had animals as a kid. I just, um, you know, so we, we have a few animals now and, uh, amount. <laughs> and, um, no, it's, it's crazy because, um, my leaders in my, in my real estate brokerage, they're like, they just find you. It's like, they know that you're going to take care of them. Last summer we went to, we have an Airbnb on Lake Sinclair on the lake and, um, we went over there, we we're fixing it up with, with our kids. And Isaac, my son, looks under the, the house. He's like, there's something moving under there. Sure enough, two baby kittens were just abandoned there by their mom because their eyes had were infected, completely closed. We happened to have one of the catch traps with us that just kind of put food in and it closes down. And uh, we got them. And we were going to adopt them out, but their, their poor little eyes were scarred and we had to go through all these things. And, and we're like, nobody wants a little one-eyed cat. So we ended up getting two more cats. So those are the last two that we adopted. Okay. But, but then we were at one of our, and most of them we find out our properties and in the neighborhood because we do a lot of affordable yeah. housing. So the last one we got over Christmas, like That's what this, I this yeah. guy had just uh, his, it's a sad story actually, it's an older man and. His um, grandson had passed and in a, in a car accident, actually, like super, super sudden, it had this dog and the, the guy couldn't take care of it. Couldn't even walk down the stairs to feed it. Right. He had tied it to a car and they were semi-feeding it on and off. They had been there for a while. We finally talked the guy into like giving it to us and we shook it in. They were so hungry. Oh my gosh. It was a sweet little Rottweiler. Right. And um, and I just posted it around and I found a really great home for it. It was a single woman who and they just and it's funny because someone came to look at it before that. And the dog was like, rah, 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 like would not have in that person. Right. Wow. 
right. just saw this person like tail wagging. It was like love, like little oh hearts. And they just fell in love. And then she yeah. came back and got him. And she, it, they're probably happy, happily ever after, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's so wonderful that you saved that dog and found found him a hoe as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's just you know, it's it's hard because I want to save them all. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard that. The, it, the small little story. It's like this guy is picking up sand starfish on the ocean um, on the beach, and he picks one up and throws it in. And there's like all these starfish on the on the beach. And this guy's like, "You can't ever possibly make a difference. There's so many starfish." He takes one, throws it in. He said, "Makes a difference to that one." Right. And like that's literally I, what yeah. I yeah. think about these animals. You know, like yeah. I can't save them all. Like I can't. Yeah. You know, but I save that one, and yeah. that, and I. I like that so i really like that too makes a difference yeah, yeah so it's very nice i love these stories thank you for sharing <laughs> um so and just um probably i know we've been talking a lot about an uh, eo uh, recently obviously the entrepreneurs organization you and i are both on the board of the Atlanta chapter um are you able to kind of shed any light um samantha about like what kind of ROI EO has provided to you. I know you're very involved in the chapter and um, you and I have gone on some great trips and you go on educational events and you're learning, et cetera. Just, um, just I wonder if there's anything specific um, that you might be able to touch on where you've really seen the value in the organization. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, I'm sure I've seen it quantitatively, right? And I, I could probably, my um. I, I'm in a real estate forum, like an industry forum, and that has really, really helped my business. But I'll tell you the the biggest thing for me is just the um, the belonging, right? It, it's yep. my first event. It was actually my uh, an EOA event because um, I didn't realize I could put my two businesses together, and it was you know had a bit over a million, and um, and so I, I ended up in EO. But I was at an EOA event, and I was sitting at this table, and it was all happen to be all women, which doesn't happen all the time, but that's, this oh. was the scenario that, and I'm talking to these, these women who are, are, are CEOs. And, um, it just was these high level, amazing conversations with like really good human beings. I was like, where have these people been? You know, like, right, but yeah, being a CEO is lonely sometimes, yeah. right? Cause you just, you you love your your people that work with you, but you're the one making the decisions. You're the one who's responsible for all the people's lives that work for you and and their well being and financial well being. And and it was just like I felt seen. I felt like these are my people. And then I went to the happy hour afterwards, and Doug was like, "Oh, you can join both businesses." And I'm like, he's like, "You're an EO." I'm like, "Great." Yeah. So and and then ever since then, I just I, I joined the board really quickly and. Um, so for me, it's really just the people. I mean, it's just, you know, we're gritty, like we're yeah. rebels. Like we work yeah. really hard to get where we're at and we just yeah. drop away from the top, the, the bottom. Right. And a yeah. lot of us have these like really interesting stories of overcoming big stuff. Yeah. And I just, I love the brains in these rooms. They're, they're so smart. And, and then they're have these really great hearts. Yeah. So for me, it's just like a, it's like a thing. Like I go there and I'm like, these are my people. Yeah. I love what you said, the belonging. Yeah. It was a word, a critical word, I think, for EO Atlanta last year as well. Remember the chapter used that word a lot. People want to find where they belong. Um, and the community, yeah. right? That's like a big, mm-hmm. big thing. It is, big thing, a big thing. Yeah, I mean, because if you work for a large corporation, you got to work every day in your large corporation and there can be hundreds of people around you and you're, you kind of, that's, those are the kind of people that you kind of gravitate towards because they want similar things out of the type of corporate life they want. Whereas we don't, we sit on our own or we're out on our own, driving around, doing our job, whatever it is, mainly on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think you're right. Uh, we're able to share stories and, uh, and share that grit, which is inspiring when you hear people's stories as well. Especially when you're having, I mean, you know, you have a difficult year. It's so nice to hear other people are having a difficult year too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that we want them to suffer, but you yeah, know. yeah. It's like you know, we might say, "Oh, things are great." Many times they're not, <laughs> or, no. or maybe the, the next day they are, but that day particularly they're not. So um, yeah, yeah. And you're in an industry forum for agencies, right? And so my my real estate forum has been very much that for me, yeah. you know, because we have different challenges. You know, when you're in a certain industry, it's like 
cash flow and equity yeah. and on, on paper money. And so it's nice to be in a room of people that are like, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just a really good, yeah. like, it's not just me. Yeah. I'm yeah. feeling. Oh, you're right. And you're right. EO provides those, um, there's industry focused forums, which I, apparently a lot of people don't even know exist, but they exist. Yeah. yeah they they're they're awesome. exist. So look at what your industry that you're in. And I'm sure that there is a form of somewhat similar to help you. So, um, well, we've covered so many things today. <laughs> yeah. loved it. Um, and I would, you know, please can you share some of the, where can people reach out to you? What's the right way? Is it on LinkedIn, email? What do you want to share? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give my cell phone number. Um, it's funny. I was at a training event last week and the guy put his, his cell phone number in a book that had sold 4 million copies. This guy, Bob Gull, was amazing event that EO did. And, um, He's like the conversations he had and, and by being available were just amazing. Mm -hmm. So my cell phone is 404-808-9597. Uh, so call, text if you want to have a conversation or anything. Yeah. Don't send her an email. <laughs> you can, but I will. Yeah, someone else will read it. it. But it will be fun live. <laughs> Until her AI bot takes over right Absolutely. now. <laughs> like an amazing individual in the office so uh only joking there but i know you respond to now too so well i mean this has been an enlightening conversation i love your your life is so rich of many things um and i love the fact you designed your life the way that you intended to which is pretty impressive so i i can imagine we're going to have lots of questions for you so yeah and I know that right now you're leading the EO women's events as well. So that's something else that you're really taking the charge on. So I'm looking forward yeah, to my EO women's chair, I guess right. is the official thing. Okay. I do some dinners and then, um, and this really cool idea, this is just an idea that I got last week. So it's, it's not, it's like half baked, but I, um, I really want some of us, us women entrepreneurs to mentor, um, like middle school and high school girls yeah, just, because a lot of them are going through hard times like some of us did. Mm -hmm. And I just think that'd be really cool. So yeah, I'm gonna, yeah I think I'm working on something like that. So if anybody has any thoughts or, uh, or resources for that, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's talk about that for sure. So, well, thank you so much, Samantha, for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. This has been awesome. It's wonderful. You're amazing. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I think what I enjoy the most is learning from people like yourself. And I genuinely mean that. I, and I really do. I think about all the things that you've shared and it's like, there are so many nuggets of, um, of knowledge that we can take from all of these podcasts and you've definitely provided many today. So I'm just I'm really grateful. Happy. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I'm an advocate for, um, you know, really just helping other entrepreneurs just um, figure things out and lean on each other and try not to make the same mistakes that we might have made before. So I think you've definitely done a good job. And so this has been another very exciting um, episode today. I really encourage everyone to listen. Apparently our numbers are high when it comes to actually, the, you know, watching the podcast. So great. I encourage you to do that. I put on a <laughs> browse. So did Samantha. And thank you everyone very much for joining us. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.